This morning's message was written by Luke Bernthal. Jesus' little miracle. In the name of Jesus Christ, amen. Our text comes from John 2, verses 1 to 11. On the third day, there was a wedding in Cana of Galilee, and the mother of Jesus was there. Both Jesus and his disciples were invited to the wedding. And when they ran out of wine, the mother of Jesus said to them, They have no wine. Jesus said to her, Woman, what does your concern have to do with me? My hour is not yet come. His mother said to the servants, Whatever he says to you, do it. Now there were six water pots of stone, according to the manner of purification of the Jews, containing 20 or 30 gallons apiece. Jesus said to them, Fill the water pots with water. And they filled them up to the brim. And he said to them, Draw some out and take it to the master of the feast. And they took it. And when the master of the feast had tasted the water that was made wine and did not know where it came from, but the servants who had drawn the water knew, the master of the feast called the bridegroom. He said, Every man at the beginning sets out the good wine, and when the guests have well drunk, then the inferior. You have kept the good wine until now. This beginning of signs Jesus did in Cana of Galilee and manifested his glory, and his disciples believed in him. In the name of him who we cast all our cares, great and small, knowing that he cares for us, dear fellow redeemed. It's kind of strange and unimpressive first miracle, isn't it? Still a miracle. Maybe you also agree that it's even a little bit strange to change water into wine, and lots of it. It also seems as if Jesus had chosen this as his first miracle. Uh, almost it seems like this first miracle was a warm-up before he performed some of his greater miracles. Maybe start with water into wine and then move on up to healing the sick and casting out demons and raising the dead. This one seems like a very little miracle or unimportant miracle, doesn't it? After all, the situation doesn't seem desperate. No one's life was in danger. No one was sick or demon-possessed. There was simply a shortage of wine at this wedding feast in Cana. That's not so bad, is it? No one was going to starve to death, and it wasn't like the people hadn't had anything to drink. See verse 3. This wasn't a major emergency. Well, at least it wasn't if you weren't the groom that was hosting the wedding feast. This miracle, although it seems little, actually showed the greatness of Christ because as in verse 11 of our text says, this beginning of signs or miracles Jesus did in Cana of Galilee and it manifested his glory. Do you remember what season the church we are in right now? It's epiphany season. The word epiphany means showing, to reveal, to make known or manifest. During the epiphany season, we usually celebrate the many epiphanies or ways which Jesus was revealed as the Son of God. 
The miracle of changing water into wine was the first of time that Jesus manifested or revealed his glory as God's son and true God himself. This first miracle of Jesus, although seemingly little, does show us his glory because it was for, because first and foremost it shows us Jesus' love. Think of how very personal this first miracle was. It wasn't done for the masses, like the feedings of the crowds of thousands. It wasn't done in full view of a large gathering, like some of Jesus' healings, or the raising of the young man in Nain. From what we are told in our text, it seems as if only a few people at this wedding feast even knew that this miracle had happened. And yes, even though it was a miracle that blessed all of the people at the wedding feast, it really was a miracle that specifically blessed the groom and his new bride by sparing them the potentially embarrassing situation. This was not the way that any bride or groom would want to start off their marriage. Doesn't this show that Jesus loved in a very special way? Jesus took time and made the effort to help these newlyweds personally in a miraculous way. This little miracle of Jesus was also very important because verse 11 tells us that his disciples believed in him. Now, this miracle didn't create faith in their hearts. When Jesus called his disciples to follow him, we read that they confessed to him to be the Messiah in John 1.41 and the Son of God John 1.49. What this miracle did do was strengthen and confirm their confession of faith by giving them further proof that he was indeed the promised Messiah, their Savior. Jesus' greatness is also revealed in the little miracle. He performed the little miracles he performs in our daily lives. Now, many times we have found ourselves in situations like the bride or groom, right? Maybe it wasn't a life or death situation, but it was a major emergency as far as we were concerned. Can you think of a few of them? Maybe you were faced with a money shortage or had an unexpected, unexpected bill to pay and didn't know what, where you'd be able to make ends meet this month. And yet... Jesus gets you through it. Perhaps you were having a very stressful day or week and you had things that need to be taken care of or that you really just didn't want to do and yet Jesus pulled you through it or maybe even completely took the situation away. Maybe you've had a number of nagging health problems or aches or pains that seem to make your life miserable but now Jesus has relieved them or has given you the strength to patiently bear up under them. In addition to all of this, just think of all the trials, difficulties, and evils Jesus has completely prevented from coming our way in the first place. Think of all the stresses and pains that he hasn't even allowed us to deal with. Do we always stop to take notice of these little miracles in our lives? Do you think the bride or groom, if they had found out what Jesus had done for them, didn't, uh, 
didn't uh, wholeheartedly thank him and for bailing them out of this potentially embarrassing situation? Of course not. Of course they thanked him. When we open our eyes of faith to the greatness of the little things of God, we will see that we have, in a sense, had water changed into wine many times in our lives as well. These seemingly little or unimportant miracles truly show God's greatness in Christ. These insignificant blessings show us God's great love because we already know what a truly magnificent things God has done for us through his son Jesus. But don't we also have to admit that sometimes we treat some of God's greatest miracles as little or minor miracles of God? The gift of faith, the conversion of our spiritually dead hearts into living, beating, active, believing hearts. That's an astounding miracle, one that only God can perform. The miracle of spiritual life, comfort, strength, peace, hope, joy, forgiveness, and love that come to us through his word and the miracle of his sacraments. The Spirit miraculously works in the water of the word and baptism and in the miracle of Jesus' body and blood that are present and given for you for the forgiveness of your sins in the Lord's Supper. These are not little miracles that God has given us. They are great ones. He has given us the free gift of life eternal because Jesus lived and died to pay for all our sins. He has given us sure hope of the joys of heaven because he wants us to be with him always. What a miracle. We, of course, have not deserved any of this whatsoever. Yet God has chosen not to stop there. Not only has he done the great things for us in giving us eternal life through his son, Jesus, he has also taken care of the little things by giving us blessing upon blessing in this earthly life of ours. Paul reminds us of this in the beautiful words from Romans 8. He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, how will we not also, along with him, graciously give us all things? Like the miracle at the wedding of Cana, these little miracles and insignificant blessings in our lives are often very personal. Jesus cared enough for you and me individually to give us things like a loving family, brothers and sisters, a husband or a wife, children who are coincidentally also called little miracles, grandparents, and close friends. He has graciously given us a church that is faithful to his word and caring members who are willing to help and cheer us up, sometimes when we haven't asked for it or at least expected. He has given us a good, a good health in the use of our bodies. He has given us jobs to do and the ability to do them so that we can have a roof over our heads, heat in our homes, food to eat every day. How many of us thank God daily for the roads he has given us to drive on or the country we are privileged to live in? God provides believer and unbeliever alike with nature's beauty 
sunsets and trees, mountains and oceans. This list literally is endless. Many of these little miracles are enjoyed by millions of people at the same time, but still often go unoverlooked. These little miracles of God manifest or reveal Jesus' love for us, just as his miracle at Cana showed his love and care for the newly married couple. Like the miracle in Cana, these little miracles from God strengthen our faith in him as our loving God and Savior. His words promise that he loves us. His actions in our lives prove it. Let's all pay closer attention to the little miracles God performs every day in our life. Let's praise and thank him for them as we notice them one by one. And may we never treat them as little or unimportant. The greatest, we must remember that the greatest of all miracles Jesus performed for us, becoming a little miracle himself, being conceived by the Holy Ghost and being born a little baby to the Virgin Mary, living and dying for us and giving us the miracle of our salvation at the greatest cost, his own blood. May he also lead us to notice and praise him for the so-called little miracles that he gives us in our daily lives. And may he use them to confirm and affirm our trust in him. Amen. The peace of God, which passes all understanding, keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Continue with the offertory.